What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hello, and welcome to The Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. Okay, a little something about me. I'm a Sex in the City type of guy. I, I used to be embarrassed to say that, really. I, I used to be. For some reason, I just didn't think it was cool, you know? And it probably still isn't cool, but I'm okay with that. It especially didn't feel cool after the Sex in the City 2, you know, the film came out and totally bombed. Although... To this day, I love the Liza Minnelli moment from Sex and the City 2. And now, the brooms have written their own the brooms. Bride, groom, broom. Oh, broom! Oh, that's marvelous! <laughs> Thank you, Liza Minnelli. <laughs> Quiet now. Weddings are serious. At least that's what I've heard. <laughs> okay, and Liza singing Single Ladies. I mean, come on. Good luck. But I digress. Since then, I've grown more confident in my admiration for Sex and the City. It captures a time in my life that just makes me feel good. You know, these four characters, Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and especially Samantha, they've become like like family to me. You know, I watch the show when I'm sad or when I'm happy or when I'm just bored, you know? Or, or okay, basically I watch it all the time. That's what I'm saying. I watch it all the time. I mean... Take one look at my Instagram and you'll see that I basically live my life according to the wisdom of Samantha Jones. So when the reboot and Just Like That came out last year, I was so excited. Now, before you get all crazy, I get it. That season was weird. Like it was undeniably weird. Something felt off, but also kind of right. You know, there was this chaos that I thought was kind of fitting for the season. Like, we had just come out of the pandemic and we were getting our footing right, you know what I mean? And so were the girls. They were trying to figure out life in this new world. So now with season two of And Just Like That coming out this week, which I'm so excited for, mega fans like me and my guest today, Evan Ross Katz, are expecting more chaos, of course, but also more of that nostalgic hug we need from the girls. And it's already shaping up to be an exciting season. First, we've got the return of Carrie's on-again, off-again boyfriend, Aiden. Which, for the record, I've always been Team Aiden. I've never been Team Big. I saw the implosion of Team Big coming a mile away. I'm just saying. And then you also have the very small, yet so exciting, return of Kim Cattrall as Samantha Jones. Even though it's only for a brief moment, I'm really hoping it, like opens the door just a little bit for her to maybe come back just a little bit more in season three, because you know there's going to be a season three. I mean, everyone's going to watch the show, good or bad, they're going to watch the show. And you know what? Evan Ross Katz is the perfect person to talk to about all of this, 
Not only is he, like me, a huge, huge fan of the series, but he's also clued in to all the little bits of info you want and need about the second season of and just like that. Like he knows things that even I don't know. And I'm I'm a pretty big fan and I've been talking to all of my sources. So go on and grab a snack or perhaps a Cosmo because I'll be right back with Evan Ross Katz to talk about season two of and just like that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Evan, you are my sex in the city internet bestie in that I feel like with so many of my friends, I can't communicate how much I can they're just not as receptive to how much I love sex in the city in the way that you are you are the most receptive person to my love of sex in the city how excited are you for the new season oh wow I mean I feel like in addition to just being excited for all the obvious reasons I also feel like a dearth of like content that I'm excited about right now so I feel like there's like the natural excitement of like one of my favorite shows coming back, but then also sort of just like a cultural hole right now that yeah. I think it's going to fill. It really is because everything that I watch is off the air. Everything, yeah. which is like kind of stressing me out. And this is not only filling that, that viewer hole that I want, of course, but also it's filling that like, there's just something about these characters that like, I can't get enough of and that I need at this point in my life right now do you feel that i think there's a dimensionality to these characters um particularly carrie samantha and miranda that is something that just hasn't been replicated quite exactly in the decades since they're uh, you know zooming in on carrie for instance there's this ability for her to be both the girl next door in some instances, mm. but then like also the homewrecker, but also the hero who's sometimes the villain, who's sometimes the anti-hero. I feel like these days characters are more easily like boxed into certain identities or like um, made to be the person who does X. And one thing I loved about these characters, I mean, I think for instance about that episode um, where the seemingly sex positive Samantha links up with that woman who ends up giving the blowjob under the table, which is like a yeah. step too far for even Samantha. Yeah. And it's this great way in which it's like, even when you think you know who these characters are, they still manage to surprise both you, the viewer and themselves, the yeah. character 
And I think that's something very uniquely Sex in the City. That is something that is so true because I remember I would watch it, you know, when it was on the air back in the day and I was young and had not experienced life really at all at that point. And I loved Carrie and I kind of loved Miranda. And then I, I noticed as I got older that like Carrie kind of slut shamed Samantha quite often. Actually, there was a prudishness to Carrie in a way that I don't think I was even aware of when I was younger. And now she seems so much more lived, but I wouldn't say she's necessarily like free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I kind of love that prudishness and that proclivity towards sex shaming because that's real. Yeah. I feel like so many people these days are much more comfortable identifying as a Samantha, which by the way, which is sort of a rewrite of history because there was a time, especially when the show first aired, when like Carrie was the girl who everyone was identifying as or aspired to be. And now there's sort of been this rewrite where it's like Samantha's the icon Carrie's problematic because of X, Y, and Z thing. But like the reality is a lot of seemingly sex positive people are low key or sometimes high key um, slut shamers. So I feel like people that often pick apart aspects of the show or the characters are forgetting the fact that I think a lot of the inclination comes from just how real and fully rendered these characters are. Yeah. So true. I mean, speaking of Samantha, we do have to talk about, the Kim Cattrall of it all. How, when you got the news, first off, did you know at all beforehand? And when you got the news that Kim Cattrall was coming back for a brief cameo in the second season, did you visit the doctor for heart palpitations? And (laughs) like, how did you react? In this economy with my insurance? Um, (laughs) I did know that it was coming. How did you know? How did you know? I mean, I have sources. I have sources. Um, (laughs) I did think it was going to remain a secret, though, because it had been um, almost, I think, two months. Um, so I felt confident that it was going to remain a secret in the same way that, you know, Big's death had remained a secret during production of season one. Um, my reaction, I was super duper excited at the time because I thought that this was sort of like I, I saw it as like an olive branch mm-hmm. and like hope for a better future. Now, knowing more details about how it all went down and a little and, and mind you, a lot of what we now know is still pretty allegedly. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, I should say, I'm a little less excited and feel like this is more of the continuation of a long chess game. You know, that's what I've also heard from my sources that it, it the from the people I've talked to, there's concern that the hype won't live up to the moment if you know what i mean and yeah and that well i think but that's a big concern with anything that's this big of a piece of news of a new season you know yes i also think that like i yes i don't think it can live up to the hype but like i don't think it ever could and so i think that for me the like i'm going to like take it for what it is which is seeing or actually rather knowing that like samantha jones for a moment in time will exist in 2023. Yeah. And so whether the hair is amazing and the outfit and the diet, all of like that aside, her presence alone, spoiled or unspoiled is greatly like gratifying is, is one of the words I could use, but like it's very, very meaningful. Yeah. So 
I'm not really so much focused on the sticking of the landing so much as I am just, you know, like I said, grateful that whatever forces had to come together did so to make this moment happen. I mean, did Kim Cattrall's paycheck take down HBO Max? Like, that's <laughs> that's what I want. I feel like the way that they enticed this person to come back onto this series I don't know what they did, but that person deserves a special Emmy in and of itself for getting this person to come back. I mean, yeah, well, Casey Bloy is the, the head of HBO. And I, yeah, I don't know anything about the price tag, but what's funny about all of this, and because this is such a detailed spectacle, yeah. is that like Kim did this variety interview in 2022, mm-hmm. not her most viral interview, but one of her more viral ones, in which she sort of talked about the power of saying no. Yeah. And like the great irony is like, there's the dot, 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 right? Which is like the power of saying no until you meet a certain quota. Um, I am curious, will we ever know that number? I do not know, but that would be, that to me is a juicy tidbit that remains. Yes, definitely. And also, I mean, maybe we'll learn that sometimes no isn't always a no, especially for Samantha. You know what I mean? Samantha would never say no. Yeah, she did specify, because I went back and rewatched the interview Mm -hmm. and she was very thoughtful about saying it's like, saying no at a certain time Mm -hmm. it wasn't all about like uh closing the door so much as recognizing that at this moment the answer is no so the moment has changed yeah which i mean i'm so glad it has now in the past correct me if i'm wrong but like you and kim cattrall have had a follow unfollow block uh drama happening in the years on instagram where does it stand now we are good um (laughs) I don't have a follow back. We had, is it called a coup d'etat when like two, is that, is that a term? I think so. Yes, that is definitely a term. Well, how are you using it? I think like when two opposing camps like reach a treaty. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You're correct. Okay. Yeah. So we have that in 2020, I believe. This was like, this was, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I remember it took place during the early days of the pandemic, but like when you were unblocked, right? Is that when it was? when I was unblocked? But mind you, I was never followed back. So yeah. like, I think we've I think it's reached. Well, no, actually, I did get a comment. I did a Samantha Jones appreciation post mm-hmm. not too long ago that she commented on. Yeah. Um, and a small bit of like, I don't want to call this tea, but I was asked to cameo in a scene with her on the Queerest Folk reboot. Ooh. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't... The, pr- the production schedule didn't work out. Yeah. Um, so there was a world in which we were going to interact together on screen, which would have been epic for me. Um, but it unfortunately didn't happen yet. We had... I also do not have a follow... I post a lot about Kim Cattrall, obviously, as you know. And I have not had a follow back, but we have had a very healthy, although limited... DM exchange, which has sent me into a spiral of love and appreciation and shock that I have talked to my therapist about. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. 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 It's a moment. But you want that follow back from Kim Cattrall. You love her so much. You want that follow back, right? I do. But I also feel like she has a funny relationship with like the Internet and her understanding of it. So like it's not something that keeps me up at night yeah true i get that i fully get that well so back to the 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 new series last season had i mean i watched every episode more than once i i wouldn't say i loved it but it definitely it, it scratched an itch that i needed these from these characters in my life but 
the show in all, it was not a it was a difficult first season, I think. And the response was a little bit more nuanced. What what do you think it was about last season that made the response kind of murky? Oh, wow. How long do we have? Um, In short, I think that. Like, this is such a beloved show. I need not tell you or anyone listening. And so I think there's always a concern about revisiting any old IP, but particularly one that is like such a relic of its time and, Mm -hmm. and so groundbreaking in so many ways, like for its depiction of female sexuality, for it's the way it made New York look and the New York of a very specific time, you know, right before, not right before, but, you know, During, before yeah. the, I think the stock market crash is really significant. Mm-hmm. Also, this was a show that like dealt with a pre and post 9-11 New York yeah. in a very um, significant way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, that episode when, when Miranda had her baby, that episode changed the way I saw New York. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think there were a lot of expectations going into it. And then I think on top of that, it has this sort of like harried story about its own post-show life, which is that like, we got these two films. The first one was pretty well received. The second one, not so much. And then we were promised a third, but didn't get one for reasons we never quite understood. Mm -hmm. So going into it, like before we even saw a single frame, there was just already a lot of like question marks. Um, And also a lot of people that were like, Hey, sex in the city without Samantha is not, Sex in the City, yeah. which the show circumvented that by saying, correct, this is not Sex in the City. And we'll show you that explicitly starting <laughs> from the first episode. Yeah. But yeah, I think ultimately there just was people wanted Sex in the City. And this is a completely different show with the same actors playing a version of the characters that we know and love. Mm-hmm. And I think that for people, it people, myself included, it was difficult at times because we thought this was going to be like a telegraphing or what's the word? Like when you pick up something and set it down somewhere else, teleporting, I don't know. We thought this was, sorry. Teleporting would work. I think. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, but we thought this was going to be literally, you know, putting the bones back together, this thing we love. And I think these are different bones. Yeah. I get that. I fully get that. I mean, I I had a next question, but I have to ask you because this is something that I have a conversation about all the time. Where do you stand on the second film? Because I personally love it in a John Waters camp kind of way. Huh. Um, I don't. Okay. I think I would think more favorably about it if it wasn't like the last thing that we got of the OG women. Yeah. That's sort of like the issue. Like, as far as like, if it was a prolonged episode of Sex in the City season seven, yes, fully there for it. I think my issue is like, I, I see it as like the end point and it's such a dud of an ending. And I really, really, really didn't like the uh, shoehorning in of the Aiden plot. Yeah. The, the Aiden plot definitely was a downer, but there is just something about Liza Minnelli saying grooms that just like constantly yes. warms my heart. You know, it's just, yes. it's just, it's just incredible. And her doing single ladies. I mean, her version of single ladies is the one I listen to most. It's important. It's important. Yes. Well, so then considering last season and its reception, how do you think this new season will do you think it will improve? And how do you think the reception will be? Well, I guess it's sort of like the question for me is sort of like, what is the rubric with which we're grading it? Like, what would improvement Mm -hmm. look like? Would improvement be that we start to see 
the characters that are more aligned with the characters we once knew or would improvement be growth for the characters as we now know them to be? Mm. So like would improvement be that Miranda dumps Che and gets back with Steve and continues her unhappy marriage or would growth be that Miranda breaks up with Che and continues her journey into queerness or is growth that she realizes that she can have a relationship with both Steve. And I think, mm-hmm. I guess I, I don't really know what growth is. I think my sense is as uh, I have an interview coming out in British Vogue with Michael Patrick King. And what he said to me is that if season one was a darker tone, season two is definitely lighter. Now I have to say when Buffy the Vampire Slayer had its like darkest season ever in season six, yeah. they very much, I remember going into season seven were like, this is going to be the lighter the lighter season. We heard the response. We understand, blah, blah, blah. And they were not able to follow through on that mm. sort of effort. So one thing about this show and the people that make it is it's very clear that there's like how we, the fandom, are picking it up. Yeah. And then there's like their reaction to the fandom. And then oh, I think I think an innate desire to like fuck with us yeah. in a fun way, yeah. not in a malicious way, in a way that says... You think that you own these characters and you own this IP. You don't. And we'll tell you just how much you don't. And I kind of I love that. I kind of love that, too. And they also have the benefit, unlike they did the first season, because the first season of it, just like that, they were kind of going at a blind, just kind of based off the last film. I mean, there was nothing there was no fan reaction really to lead into the season, whereas with this they know what happened last season and they can fuck with us a little bit this season, but at least it gives them something to kind of work off of a reaction to work off of. You know what I mean? Like it, yes, it gives them something to sort of craft in a new way. Yes. I will give you, there's a quote and I, I, I don't even know if it'll make it into my draft, but I was speaking to Michael about Che and Michael was saying, quote, I'm trying to figure out why why people have this reaction to Che. It also fuels me because people are not one thing. What makes really complicated television is when you explore who else somebody is. And that's what's exciting about season two. Che's coming back. They should have fixed that. That was a hat that shouldn't have been worn again. Yeah. I was like, no, Che's coming back. How dare you? And I feel like that how dare you is sort of like the audacity in that. I love so much about Michael because it's like, not only are we going to bring Che back, but how dare you think that we wouldn't? And yeah. you thinking that we shouldn't is going to make me bring them back more. Mm. And I, I, I think that's. Uh, I'm always a fan of like P. I, I like the tenacity, and yeah. like MPK's got tenacity. Yeah. Oh, for sure. What was it about Che that made people despise the character as much, as the, or not despise? I don't want to say despise, but turn it into a joke as much as it did. Right. So I think that there's like a lot of pathologizing about Che that's like not as complicated as it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I liken the response to Che the way that I think about the Dakota Johnson Ellen meme from 2017, which is that it's just this thing that kind of like took hold of the culture. Oh, another example would be like Ariana DeBose's BAFTA rap, Mm -hmm. where it's like, it's not that bad. It's just that it's like, bad enough and fun enough. Mm-hmm. I don't like using the word camp anymore, but like there is a camp like element, yeah. I will say. Yeah. But I think with Che, it's just was like, there was an awkwardness about the way that this character fit into the world as we knew it. Mm-hmm. And I think fans were picking up on that awkwardness. Um, But I think that like reading articles that are like, 
why Che is the most hated character on television. Yeah. That is like swinging in the, like that to me is responding to the wrong part of the conversation. Cause like, I don't think that, I don't think that's how I, sure there are maybe a few people that are feeling that way, but I think overall we, I want to say like the, like the deep fandom, we're just really perplexed by Che. Well, and I also, I've always stood by this. That has nothing to the reaction to Che almost has nothing to do with Che. It has everything to do with the Miranda character because Agreed. the Miranda character in this new season was awkward, but not in the Miranda way that we're used to. There was something in my opinion, to- of all the three main characters that, that came back, there was something tonally different about Miranda that I think she was navigating her age in a way that we're kind of shocked by. Like, we didn't expect Miranda to be uncomfortable in sort of woke settings or diverse settings or with new things in her life. You know what I mean? Like, we never thought, I never thought that of Miranda. And I feel like that bled over into the reaction to Che. Yeah, I think there's just um Miranda is a character that functions best with like kind of like chaos around her. I mean, I always think about um <laughs> when she has sex with that guy and then like the next morning and then she's like when he's leaving, she's like, all right. Oh no, to Steve, I think. Good. Yeah, yeah it's to Steve yeah. in season two. And she goes, good sex and like closes yeah. the door yes. on him. And it's like there's an awkwardness about Miranda that by not surrounding her with like, she didn't have the right characters to play with this season. I think that Che was not a character that brought out the best parts of Miranda. And I don't mean like the best, I mean like the best parts of like the character that we like to watch of Miranda. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Also, because in the beginning, when we started chatting, you specifically highlighted uh, Samantha Carey and Miranda, but I feel like Charlotte is often left out of a lot of these conversations and i think it's rightfully so even the first season of the new show her character is kind of doesn't stand out how can we improve on charlotte when can she have her moment again so that's interesting and and it's tough to say i mean so charlotte certainly served like such an important function and I do think that like Charlotte's season three plotline on Sex and the City with all of her marital issues with Trey mm-hmm. definitely brought out like the most interesting shade of Charlotte, which is that like what happens when you're happily ever after is in fact not a happily ever after, which like is a plotline we've seen on, yeah. you know, hello, Wizard of Oz. Like, yeah. I, and I think that was a great area to go with with her. I think for Charlotte, when you look at like where Charlotte is at in terms of like the ending of season two, they're just, and and I think Carrie faced a similar battle, which is that like, they have everything they want. Life is pretty settled. What's the next thing. And I think yeah. that's one thing that, you know, I think all of this, this, the characters and the show sort of struggle with. And thankfully they gave the Carrie, the big death to sort of like catapult her to a new space. Mm-hmm. But these characters are sort of all struggling to find the next thing. And so with Charlotte, they ended up making it like everything around her. So all of the stuff with rock or with Lily or with Harry's prosthetic dick, but never with Charlotte. And so I think the improvement would be, I mean, my big hope would be getting Charlotte back to the art gallery. Mm -hmm. um, Because I just think like Charlotte's interaction with the changing art world could be really interesting. She was like once this like, really young i i would assume savvy curator Mm -hmm. and the world has changed i also think there's opportunities like i think about the dynamic of like 
Sujin on season three of Girls just being like this 23 year old like gallerist because yeah. she like has access to a lot of money. That's a potentially like, interesting relationship to bring in, which is that like these days, like influencers hold the power. But yeah. what about someone like Charlotte's who's like of the world and like put in the time? Like there's places to go. I think it just needs to center around Charlotte. Yeah, I agree. Also, can we not have any more prosthetic penises on television? I, it's just, no, I'm very I know. over it in every way, shape and form. Well, I only have two more questions for you. So, one thing that we haven't discussed, but we definitely need to discuss is the return of Aiden. When that news broke, that was also, I don't think it was necessarily unexpected because I kind of expected that to happen at some point. He always seems to pop up when she's in a point of, of trouble, if you will. What are your thoughts to Aiden coming back? And was Aiden ever your one of Carrie's men? Yes, he definitely was my one, but I do feel like we've like, sort of flattened the Aiden legacy in a lot of ways because obviously Big's legacy has been tainted. I think that it's hard not to like separate out everything that went down with Chris Noth yeah. publicly in the around the premiere event just like that. So there's that. There's the fact that like Petrovsky was like not a good partner to her and like hit her at one point, which yeah. we don't really get into. And then her and Berger just like weren't really ever like a romantic match. So yes, I think like Aiden sort of like defaults to be the best one. And also when you think back upon their breakup in season four, it was one of those things that was like right time. Wait, right place, wrong time. Like there was a, there was an element of like, we could have made this work, but it just, we neither were willing to bend correctly, but like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm in, yeah, I do think he is great for her. I guess my thing is like, we saw him pop up in season six again briefly. We saw him in the second movie. I feel like we've done this enough times now, and especially in the second movie with the kiss, yeah. where I feel like there's more ripe territory to go down. Like to me, bringing Burger back and yeah. having him be a total softy sweetheart, that would have been really fun. Or bring back uh, the politician Ooh. from season two, John Slattery's politician or bring back David Duchovny's crazy person. I think that there's more ripe territory to get from like a one or two time guest star than Aiden. I I just, I worry that like we got the juice out of the lemon. Yeah, I hear that, but there is, it's similar in a way to these characters. There is something about Aiden that, that is comforting to me for Carrie. There's it's, I don't know if it's the, my big fat Greek wedding of it all. There's something about this actor and how he plays Aiden that is, I don't know is nice in a way. You know what I mean? It seems, it seems calming, I think, which I yeah, think Carrie I guess needs. what I'm, yeah, I don't disagree. I guess what I'm curious about is like, what will, you know how like we've talked about the changes that these characters have undergone? Yeah. I think we haven't, we, I'm saying, I should only say me, I have this <laughs> expectation that like, we're going to be getting the Aiden that we know, mm-hmm. but like what happens if we get like, the Miranda of and just like thatification of Aiden? Mm, yeah. Oh God. Oh, God, that would be awkward. I don't want him peeing on her or anything. Like, I don't there's there's levels of things that I don't want Aiden to do that I'm worried they might make Aiden do, you know? Totally. Yeah. Well, my last question for you, and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I've always felt that any great show like for me, the Golden Girls or Sex in the City, where the characters where there's four characters or just characters that are so uniquely defined and that almost define a generation that as we navigate life, 
the characters we respond to change. So like for me, it was always when I was younger, I loved Miranda so much and I felt like a Miranda. And now as I get older, I'm finding I'm a little bit more like Samantha. And what, where are you at in your life? Where, what season of characters have you gone from and are at currently with sex in the city? Oh, I'm yeah. I'm always a Carrie. I mean, like in the most obvious way, because we're writers and I feel like we're both very, always trying at introspection, always trying to like understand who we are and why we do the things that we do. And like thinking we have some kind of grasp on it Mm -hmm. and being like analytical, but always like wanting to like put some pros behind our analysis Mm. to sort of like give it that little zhuzh. Um, And just like, yeah, I, 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 Oh, I love Carrie. I always will. Um, I think SJ has a sparkle that you just don't get. Um, She has this ability, like there are just expressions that her face can make Mm -hmm. that I don't think other actors' faces can. Um, I think often about, just to give a really specific example, but it's like always on my mind, there's this season four episode when the four ladies are at brunch and Miranda decides to tell Charlotte that she's going to have an abortion. And meanwhile, this is at the point when Charlotte's having difficulty um, getting pregnant with Trey. And it's a really tough moment because Miranda's just sharing her reality and and Charlotte takes it very, very personally. And the way that um, uh, Miranda, Cynthia's and Cynthia and SJ, the the looks that they exchange Mm -hmm. in that moment of like, it, it it's just a kind of acting that it's it's not writing like it's it's something yeah. different it's just it's they were able to c- convey a thousand emotions and i just i think that i love that and i love that about carrie that like i know what a carrie look means i yeah. know when carrie's hurt um i know when she's mad i know when she's sad i know when she's annoyed mm-hmm. um i just like how fully expressive carrie is well and can we also just acknowledge how incredible Sarah Jessica Parker is just in general. I mean, the, underrated. the way this, she is very underrated, but the way in which she has stepped into this almost mogul status in that, you know, in the nineties, I remember always sort of championing her and loving her and Ed Wood and all these little weird quirky roles that she would kind of do. And then to step into this and to have sex in the city be sort of the thing that made her an icon. It feels right. But I also want her to do more. You know what I mean? I want more from her in a lot of ways. Don't you? Well, yeah, but I mean, watch The Family Stone. Yeah, true. Uh, the Family Stone is so good. Oh, I mean, that's God. when you get... Because in my opinion, you only need to be able to, like... You need to have two roles to, like, show range to me. I don't need, like, six or... You know, I need two. Just yeah. so I know that you can be more than the thing. Yeah. And to me, I mean... And, and mind you, she's got more than just that. But, like... So long as she has, if she only had Sex in the City and the Family Stone, kind of like I say, like with Sarah Michelle Gellar, if she only had Buffy and Cruel Intentions, mm-hmm. it's like I'm given enough dynamism to understand that like, oh, you are not one thing. Yeah. So, and I also feel like Carrie is so many things depending on but season, man she's with, headspace, which friend she's in communication with, yeah. whether she's being a bitch, whether she's being empathetic. Um I just love Carrie. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're like me. Have you interviewed Sarah Jessica Parker? Because I literally try every single year to get an interview with Sarah Jessica Parker. And it hasn't happened yet. But I'm manifesting. I'm putting it out into the world that it will happen at some point. I have not interviewed her, but by choice. Oh, by choice. Why? 
And I only say that because we are friendly IRL. I wouldn't be so bold to say friends. And I feel like with some relationships, I'd rather keep that. Like, I don't want to make it. I never want to have it be professional. Mm. And so she's one of those ones for me where like, I'd rather have her in this space than take it into the other space. Yeah, I... I distinctly remember the first time I ever literally, literally almost ran into Sarah Jessica Parker. She was pushing her twins in a stroller in central or in, in the West side on the West side. And I almost literally walked into her and it was, and she had that, that carry like, Ooh, you know, that little squeal that she does. And it has forever stayed with me. It was like one of the last days I was in New York before I moved to Los Angeles. And it, it's it's cemented in my brain forever and ever, as it would be for anyone. You know, it's, yeah, it's a good Parker. memory. It's a Sergio Parker. Evan Ross Katz, thank you so much for doing this. Where can people a sign up for your incredible newsletter? I am one that is signed up for that and follow you on the Internet. You can sign up for my newsletter at evanrosscats.substack.com. Um, and you can check out my podcast, Shut Up Evan, where I will have well on Tuesday's episode, I have Parker Posey on, but then next week I have Michael Patrick King on mm. where we will be doing a deep dive on sex in the city and the comeback mm. um, specifically. So that I think for people listening will be super duper interesting. Yeah. And then wait, there was one other thing I was going to plug. Oh, Oh, um, on my sister podcast, it's called drop your buffs. It's a survivor podcast. We love survivor we be- here. Yes, we will be recapping weekly and just like that, beginning with the premiere episode. So if you're looking for, you know, a recap pod around and just like that, that will be your home. It's called Drop Your Buffs. Oh, fun. I love that. I want to come on and recap with you sometime. You have to. Oh, you absolutely oh, have to. I am to. so, so game. You let me know whenever. And also, I mean, oh, I'm, that's a sure, great idea. I'm sure I'll have you back beforehand. But when Michael Patrick King, and I've said this to him before, when, and to Lisa Kudrow as well, when they do a new season of the comeback which i know will happen at some point in the i hope it does you will have to come back and talk about that because i would be honored yeah oh my god i I mean have you talked to lisa kudrow ever you have to because she changes into the voice of valerie cherish and it it literally sends shivers down my spine it's insane totally it's i would say um stay very tuned to shut up evan oh my god is there gonna news gonna be dropped (laughs) don't say it don't say it don't say it because we're still recording oh my god don't we're going to talk in a second as soon as we stop recording. Thank you so much, Evan. I really do appreciate you for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Okay, now here's what you need to do. You need to follow me. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything because I need to have an ongoing conversation about the new season of And Just Like That. Like, this is important. I know I say this every single week, but this is important. This week, go follow me because I need to know what you think of this season. Good or bad, I want to hear it. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. I hope you're able to leave a little rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode right now. And for the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all of the platforms. And also subscribe to my newsletter while you're there because it's a great one for the culture. You should subscribe. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day. Being a staple in American media for over 90 years, Newsweek now brings you an exceptional lineup of podcasts. The debate. They'll recognize how these policies aren't working. They'll feel the pain and they'll change their behavior. The Josh Hammer Show. Restore the principles and the political paradigms of the American founding. The Crystal Knight Show. Just because officers are black doesn't mean that the policing system still isn't inherently racist. Fast women. Chevy's actually doing really well and Honda's really not. Wow. (laughs) 
It's like the opposite of most people's perception of them. It is. The Parting Shot. Every year when the new nominations are announced, I get this excited, nostalgic feeling, and it brings out that little kid in me who just loved movies. The Royal Report. Harry and Meghan's head of comms has announced they now move forward to their kind of future outside the royal family. Newsweek Podcasts. New episodes drop weekly. Download or listen now at Newsweek.com or wherever you get your podcasts.